Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I am Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our Valley Heart Scenery EP episode. This is our second time with Kevin from Valley Heart uh, talking this time about Scenery EP. And we're excited. He's our first reoccurring guest or whatever you would call that. This is the second time with us. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed the first time he was with us. If you haven't listened to that episode, feel free to go back. But uh, Nate, you ready to jump in with Kevin? Yes, sir. All right, today we welcome Kevin Klein, the main man behind the band Valley Heart, to talk about the band's incredible new EP, Scenery. Kevin, welcome back for your second time on the pod. What's up, guys? Kevin, you're our our first person who came back, our first love who couldn't get away, that just needed to be reunited and so we're so happy that you i'm the one that got away and came back you're the one that got away but we got you true back. love is to let something go and let it come back <laughs> mate. That's what but uh but one thing that's changed since uh <laughs> so when we first interviewed you we never planned to interview for the podcast it was just like naturally happened i feel like our interview with you and so we kind of just like i don't even know why we did it the way we did it rather than like change the episode to be more of an interview. We just like threw you into yeah. our normal episode. <laughs> it was weird, but um, this is going to be a lot more streamlined, a lot more just interview questions and stuff, but we have a very basic interview to start and it's called how blank are you? So for today, how Kevin Klein are you? And I mixed up the questions a little bit today. So special for Kevin. Um, but it's just for the people who see if they want to, like, heart Valley Heart or if they want to hate Valley Heart. So this this is, like, the most important questions, like, do or die, like, stands or no stands. Like, this is it. I mean, who cares about the actual EP? This is what the people came to listen to the podcast for. So you ready? I'm ready. All right, your first question is pancakes or waffles? Pancakes all the way, all day. No messing around with those little, <laughs> little waffle holes. <laughs> so you're Pancos. at a movie. You're okay. at a movie. Candy or popcorn? Ooh, um, I'm going to go popcorn. Go for the classic. Even though there is this nostalgic thing about sneaking candy into your huge coat and, you know, yeah, but popcorn, you know, even though it's, uh, yeah, the cliche, but can't go I used to sneak popcorn into the movie theater. Not even, oh, like, interesting. not even, like, a bag. Loose just, like, kernels. Just <laughs> Loose kernels. All right, next question is, so, <laughs> I'm just reading this for the first time. So, for toilet paper, yeah. um, over or under? Uh... <laughs> setting it up on the thing or like uh, yeah setting yes. it up on the thing oh, <laughs> yes, okay, yeah. okay, okay. yeah setting it up on the thing uh, under yeah we're gonna go under wow nice Andrew are you I an over like or an under I'm an over 
But I feel like there's like some weird pent up aggression that like Kevin came over to Nate's place and like did it under, and Nate's been like super mad at him <laughs> and like wanted to like out him there. as like an under yeah. guy. I don't know. Yeah. That's Could what be. Yeah. <laughs> Ocean or the mountains? Uh, I'm gonna go. Ooh, that's a real hard one. Oh man. Um, I'm gonna go ocean though. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta love, gotta love the ocean. Mm-hmm. Spring or fall? Fall. I have allergies. I will, spring's yeah. nice, but it <laughs> yeah. me out. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love this question, the way it's just, like, phrased. Honesty or others' feelings? <laughs> Ooh. Um, it's a tough one, too, because uh, I need to answer it honestly. Um <laughs> Or you cannot and save our feelings. Or, yeah, or I don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, yeah. I'm going to say honesty. Reading or writing? Uh, I'm going to go writing. I, I do like reading, but I tend to not be as consistent with it and have gotten into audiobooks lately, which took me a while to not feel shame about, but I'm, I'm okay with being like, <laughs> yeah, I'm consuming my books audibly. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's like better than not doing it at all, right? But uh, but I'm more consistent with writing for sure. Recording or playing live? It's tough in the pandemic because I'm sure there's just like this overwhelming playing yeah. live design. Yeah, I, I think recording for sure. Although there is this like um, I miss playing live so much that I would do anything to play a show right now. <laughs> like I would, yeah. you know, it's yeah. I, but grand scheme of things, all things considered, probably being in the studio is one of my favorite things or just recording and producing is a a big part of kind of where I shine. Yeah. Work hard or play hard? <laughs> I, t- I did this question intentionally. <laughs> it's like such a memeable. <laughs> I'm going to go play hard. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta play hard. You know, you can work hard all day, but if you're not playing hard, then what's the yeah. point? You know, yeah. What's the work yeah. for? You know, what's the work for? Yeah. Uh, just a quick setup. Uh, the next question's totally rigged, and I'm not. That's not rigged. For the not next, rigged it's rigged. Okay. It's rigged. So right. let the record show. Coming. Totally rigged. All right. Every time <laughs> we have an interview on, we ask Boston or Philly. Uh, just Andrew's from Philly. I'm from Boston. Kevin, with your unbiased opinion, um, absolutely no ties to either city. Just yeah. which one's better? Uh, which one Ob- would you say? Ob- objectively. 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 Like, if you had to live in Eyes a city that you don't currently live in, <laughs> what city would that be between Boston and Philly? Uh, yeah, um... You know, the grass is always greener, you know what I mean? And uh, there's that part of me that wants to, you know, go Philly. Um, but I got to stay true. Got to stay true to the hometown, you know? Got to go Gotta go Boston. I, I respect you for doing that. I, I think that it makes sense. There was a time during the pod that no one was saying... Boston. It mm-hmm. was just like Philly straight for like 15 different episodes. And Nate and I were talking and there was uh, I don't know if Nate was crying or not. I but, was definitely But he crying. was he was definitely like no one's ever going to say Boston. And I was like, "You know what? K 
Kevin's gonna put out some some new music. And we can have him back on the pod. It's the only reason I'm Boston. In <laughs> the interview right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for your time, Kevin. We All right. Love having <laughs> you. Uh, see you later. <laughs> so, Kevin, you good to get into the EP? Yeah, let's do it. Sweet. So, I'm gonna ask you a question that's not about the EP. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um. Wait. I feel like. I feel like we should. I feel like we should quickly preface the nuance that Nate, that we we've known each other for for years, right? I think that's a pretty interesting yeah. thing to. Not everyone knows that. That's probably listening to this, but Nate and I went to to high school together. Yeah, and here we are, years later. Here we are. You know, some high school relationships last. Some don't. Some do. You know. Some don't. Some do. Yeah. And in an interesting thing. In, you know, uh, high school yearbooks where they say most likely to succeed, um, Nate was not even in that conversation. <laughs> but look yeah. at him now. Look at him now. Haters gonna hate. Actually, the category, Andrew, because you struggle with reading, it said most likely to <laughs> succeed. And because I'm committed to unity and peace, I said, no, <laughs> no way am I going to secede. I'm going to stick together. Love and it. And that's why I wasn't in the conversation at all. Makes sense. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, <laughs> all right. So what's weird, Kevin, is that we've had conversations, so many conversations over the years, and even specifically about like the EP, where it's like, there's been times where I'm like, man, I wish we were like recording <laughs> for yeah. for the podcast right now. Yeah. Um, and so we'll just try and recapture some of those uh, good conversations with uh, the questions we ask you. But yeah. before we get into the EP, let's talk about. I feel like it's in deep context of the LP, your debut record, everyone I've ever loved. So if you haven't listened to that and you're listening to this podcast, go listen to that first before listening to the Scenery LP, oh, sorry, the Scenery EP. And now that that record, Kevin, uh, has been released for more than two years, back in uh, the winter, it hit the two-year mark, how has the response been from fans and those who have listened? How do you feel like people have received that record? It's been awesome, man. Um, yeah, it's, like, grown on people, I think, over time. Um you know, that record, to think about, it, it didn't have that initial, like, hype or push, I think. Just, it was released late in the year. There's just a lot of stuff going on where, you know, we kind of just put it out. And uh, at first, it was like, well, we'll see what happens. And I think through the years, people have, like, really related to that album. And, and uh, yeah, it's really, really cool to see how it still means a lot to people and how people are still finding it today. You know, I'll get messages still hey, I found this record a couple days ago, and, you know, um, and that's super cool. So, yeah. So we were talking about um, the, like, vinyl release, and I feel like that was such a cool experience to, like, see how people felt about it. Mm Because when those vinyls just, like, flew off the shelf, um, metaphorically speaking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but I think... Something that, like you brought up, is that you released the vinyl a decent amount of time after the record was released. And I feel like it's a type of record that people had to sit with for it to, like, fully make an impact. Because it's such a dense, 
record, not just musically, but from all the concepts and thoughts and stuff. Do you feel like the EP is is a little more instantaneous, would you say, in terms of people making sense of the songs and catching on to the ideas? Or do you feel like it's still similar in terms of it being really heady and having a lot of weight in that way? Yeah, I think I think it is a bit more instantaneous, like you were saying. I think it a lot of the songs, you know, they work together, but they also live on their own, um, which is kind of a big reason why we kind of wanted to give most of them a single release to let them kind of do their thing. Um, but yeah, I think they, it's a little more hard hitting. It's a little more upfront. Um, but hopefully with them working together, they do tell a narrative together and that there will be things to dig into as well. Once you sit with it and not just listen to them as kind of like, you know, singles. Um, but I do think as opposed to the LP, you know, the LP was kind of like, a bit darker kind of a winter record where this maybe feels like a, a bit more of a spring record or something that kind of is moves pushes forward a little bit more so also with eps i we've talked obviously a lot over the years about eps as a medium of releasing versus lps i feel like i usually hate eps uh-huh. because and <laughs> yeah, i mean do. no, don't worry because <laughs> it's just like they're often like all right this band just like wants to put out something between LPs and they're just taking their like leftover crap and just like throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not at all conceptual. It's not at all like something they've really cared about or thought through, but that's definitely not the case with your EP here. How have your views of EPs changed over time? And what do you feel like the purpose of this EP is for the band? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that statement and feeling like that a lot of times, but I don't know, man, I think, I think music is changing right now um, in a lot of ways. And, you know, I think people are doing different things and I think we could talk about it for hours about singles versus albums versus EPs and all that stuff. But I think the truth is, is that, there is no method that is actually the right way. People are just doing whatever right now. And I think that is kind of, there's no right way. There's just a way. And having this EP was cool because we were able to experiment with how to create a story and a narrative within four songs rather than being like, oh, they're just random four songs, but creating kind of like an emotion with it being short. And that was kind of what we were aiming for. Um, and not just to have a collection of, of random songs, but, but yeah, I don't know. I think instead of just releasing singles and then having them be separate, it's nice to kind of say, okay, how do all of these work together? Cause I like to think about that stuff, you know, um, in records, like what are the, what is the song structure? What is the, uh, you know, the, uh, track listing, how are all the songs work dynamically? Um, but you know, man, making a record is, it's a lot and it's, it's expensive and it's, and it's hard and it's, it's beautiful when it's done well. But I think with all that's changing right now with kind of being for, for Valley Heart, especially too, in this kind of like transitional point, um, between records, like we're, we're still writing records and we're planning on releasing records. Like that is not changing. Um, but it didn't make sense to just dive into another record for us specifically. And it was kind of cool to be like, Hey, that's okay. Like we don't have to like kill ourselves financially and time-wise like record a record or write a record right now with just some things changing. We can focus on doing 
something creative and cool that's a bit more concise and small, but is going to be like a part of this band's story nonetheless, you know? Um, so kind of that's kind of where the EP perspective came from, for sure. So fans will notice that this EP has some very different sounding tracks than anything that Valley Heart has released previously. How did these musical changes come to be, and do you feel like this EP is helping shape Valley Heart's sound moving forward? Yes. <laughs> yes and yes. Um, I talk a lot about this concept with my friends about bands that we love and artists that we love and kind of the the line between the you know loving the sound that that artist has created um but seeing how they progress and seeing how they grow and i think a lot of times you know i'm the, i'm the fan that's like oh man i i okay they're they're changing but i miss that old sound i miss that old stuff and and i think there's a sweet balance in that right there's a balance of keeping your identity um, and not completely throwing it away, but also not making the same record again. Because even though instantaneously people might love that, they're like, oh, this you know, this is familiar, this is nice. I think you're always taking a risk, but pushing the envelope by introducing new songwriting styles or influences or just methods or whatever it is. Um, so for this EP, I, I kind of just wanted to explore that. I wanted to explore kind of the range um, of what we could do not genre wise, but in terms of like different areas of emotion and, and sound, you know, like not just everything, not have everything be heavy or not have everything be kind of like chill and somber, but explore like, what would it look like if there were these like four counterpoints and all of them like kind of pushed in different directions, but still have this like unity. Um, so that's what I was like really excited about to, to do on the EP and, and uh, I would say that all four songs kind of like really live in their own place, but hopefully come together in a way. You also produced this EP yourself. How was that process and how did it compare to everyone I've ever loved? Yeah, it was um, very different. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think life sometimes consists of you looking back years later on something and being like, well, how did I have the audacity or the, like, what did I do? Like, why did I do that? You know? And I think the time I was just like, yeah, I'm, you know, I started producing and recording and engineering more and now I'm doing a lot more of that. But at the time it was like still pretty new. And I just kind of had the like stupid idea of like, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to mix this. I'm going to produce it. And, and, and I'm really glad I did. Cause I learned so, so much. And I like really thought, kind of threw myself in the fire and, and I couldn't do it alone. Like Kevin Billingsley, who produced everyone I've ever loved. Um, he helped in a lot of ways. He, we tracked some stuff with him and we did, you know, do some of the tracking with him. Um, but he kind of like, I kind of did my own thing for, for the rest of it. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a cool process. Cause I, it was really, I feel like I thrive personally in areas where I'm feeling like I'm learning something again, like picking up something that I'm like, okay, like here's, oh, wow. Like, you know, there isn't that many presuppositions or assumptions of like how to do something. So to kind of approach production and mixing, especially like that was fun because I was having fun and it caused a lot. It was definitely a lot of second guessing. There were days where I was working on a mix for hours and would go to my car and listen to the mix and come back and be like, okay, I don't know if this sound like you know it's like when you're working on it in kind of a vacuum it can get really weird. So I I I do see value in working 
with um, with other people still. And I think that is something that we're probably going to incorporate more of for Valley Heart projects in the future, um, just because it is so dense and involved. Um, but it was it was a good time and it was a learning experience for sure to just like have that time and have that space and have that freedom to like get creative and nitpick on a sound for a long time. Um, yeah, I would say it definitely had its pros and cons, but ultimately like it's an experience that I'm really glad we put ourselves through because we've learned like we're on the other side able to do a lot of that stuff now. And I think that only helps kind of like the creativity. So it was, yeah. And everyone I've ever loved was, was just a different vibe of creativity and a different process. You know, it was, that was kind of the typical band up in Maine, you know, secluded from society in a cabin studio, like, you know, and just focusing on the writing and the creativity and like, you know, we recorded that whole record essentially in 10 days, you know, where the EP, like, I was throwing down little production and guitar things up until the last day it was sent in for mastering, you know, like, having that time. And it was much more of a, like, spread out process as opposed to, like, we're consolidating everything in these 10 days because we're paying for studio time, you know. Um, so I would say both have their pros and cons for sure. And um, I think we're in the process now of, like, moving forward being, okay, like, how do we incorporate this, the, the production, how do I incorporate like what I want to do production wise, um, with kind of like still having that support of other people to bounce things back off. So you're not losing your mind yeah. while you're mixing <laughs> or recording it. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to touch on that actually. Like, so you, I remember you sent me the EP out some point during the mixing and production and it was almost like, you almost like sent it to me just making sure like it didn't absolutely suck. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. how I felt like you, you weren't like, Hey, is this awesome? Or Hey, like, do you like this? Or you were just like making sure it didn't absolutely blow. And I yeah. think <laughs> I do what's remember interesting that about what's interesting though about production is a producer doesn't just, pro, well, a part of being a producer is being, and a affirmer, yeah. being an encourager, letting the artist know, look, you have great songs here. We just got to do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. Totally. Was, like mentally, like not having that support and that um, just like encouragement. Was that really tough for you? That That's it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was that it was that that like almost drove me over the edge of like. You know, I mean, I'll be honest, there were times like now listening, I, I, I'm really, I really am proud and like love everything there. But there were times where I was so just kind of in it that I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. <laughs> and yeah, I think part of being a producer in that is definitely the one of the plus sides is having that, um, you have that person kind of affirming and being like oh, this validating that in real time, you know, um, and it took a lot of like self like building self confidence and i think that's something that you know we're i'm still working on we're all working on but it's one of those things where like doing this ep i'm like oh wow okay like cool like here are the things i am good at here's like maybe what i need help with moving forward what i still need to grow in and learn in but it was definitely a different experience and it was uh i think the word i'm looking for is like kind of insular like isolated you know it felt like kind of like making this thing kind of on an island um which i think translates in a lot of ways just to like 
the different sounds on the EP and kind of choices. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely it, man. It's like mentally weird. It gets weird. <laughs> so your first two singles, TIK and Scenery, both were released with music videos. What made you choose videos for these two songs? What made you want to go that music video route? And how do you feel like each song fits within its music video? Because uh, the songs are different and the music videos yeah. are just as different. Totally. Um, yeah, I think like we were just saying, uh, like I was just saying, one of the themes on this EP is contrast, right? And it's it's differences and it's like extreme contrast. And that happened sonically and I wanted to do that with probably the two most different songs, you know, like the heaviest hitting one versus, you know, kind of a, a different softer, you know, vibe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wanted to get the opposite ends of the spectrum and like kind of like display that range because that was going to be a theme, I think, for this EP. Um, so those two made the most sense. And for videos kind of coming at it from the same perspective of wanting one to really personify the story and the lyrics of, you know, so for TIK, it was this manic, heavy, distorted, kind of unpleasant thing that, you know, working with Ben Lieber, we came up with the concept for that video, which was really, really fun. And, and was, we just had a lot of fun making all that stuff happen and, um, you know, burning shoes and, and, you know, putting a shoe on a plaque and getting fish on a suitcase and burning. Yeah, it was, it was a lot, it was a good time. And, you know, kind of paralleled the vibe I was going for for the song and then scenery being this kind of more contemplative connection to nature and, you know, um, getting, uh, Jake Padilla and, and Anthony Fernwall in West Cannon, like getting those guys involved and, and having them do the stuff with the, the, the film and, and, you know, the scenery with that was really fun. And yeah, just kind of like wanted to highlight the songs visually. And, and I think, uh, I think it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Both music videos are great. I feel like they could not be more different. And first time I saw TIK, I'm like, I've definitely never seen a music video like this. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it's so good. So definitely check it out if you haven't uh, seen them yet. Uh, another visual representation of the album, obviously, is the album artwork. And I really love it. I feel like it fits the feel and sound of the EP so well. Was it made specifically for the record or was it something you picked out? And who's responsible for its creation? Um, yeah, it was specific for the record. Um, the artist, his name is Adam, uh, Skinnysk. His last, I'm always butchering his last name. I'm so sorry, Adam, but he's such a good dude. And we've been, yeah, we worked on it for a long time back and forth. Um, his Instagram handle is your friendly neighbor, Adam. He does amazing collage stuff. And I don't know, at the time I was kind of really obsessed with that style and, kind of you know the whole ep is kind of about being indoors and and overthinking you know and like <laughs> and uh but at the same time like having this wonder for knowing that you're you you know can escape that and you can reconnect and uh i don't know adam just has some really good stuff and we connected and started working on it and uh yeah he he's great and could not have been happier with how the cover came out 
So you're independent right now, and you release the EP through Honey Pit and have some sick vinyls for the release of this EP. What led you to them, and does the band plan on looking to get signed at any point in the future, or do you guys want to stay independent? Um, yeah, the, the vinyl are in production right now. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we had kind of a major label deal situation before um, that came to an end and was just kind of feeling, you know, worn out from all of that and the dynamics of that and and was just needing a time to, like, reset and be like, what? Like, what are we doing? And, and being independent for that short time and repressing or pressing everyone I've ever loved on vinyl um, was a cool time to be like, hey, like we can, you know, do a lot of this stuff in, in learning. And, um, so with that said, we're in a place now, I think where we would love partnership again, whatever that would look like. And we're, yeah, figuring that out and in the talks with some people. Um, so we'll see what happens, but we're, we're definitely open to, to signing again, but at right now it kind of, it's been feeling nice to kind of just doing things, do things on our own. So, the band has changed a little since we've last talked. What transformations has there been, and how is the band with its current lineup clicking right now? Yeah, so uh, it has changed a bit. Um, we have a couple new faces. Um, Zach Nix, our friend, uh, is playing drums now, and uh, John Miller, who was our drummer for a long time and my best friend he moved out to the west coast so it was kind of a different season for for him um but yeah we're moving forward and the 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 vibe is great Philippe Ignacio who started on guitar um you know we've been playing music for a long time too he's kind of back and he has his own business called First Hand Supply and he got like kind of really busy starting that up a few years ago so he kind of took a step away but it's been cool to kind of like level out and and find yeah man i don't know being a band's weird like just <laughs> honestly and it, it's like finding <laughs> finding the, the the motivation and like the true you know cuz being a band is just about like making music with your your friends like i don't know that's what it's about for us and and along the way you you lose that sometimes by the pressure of just getting stuff out or getting things done or expectation or success or whatever and i think we just got to a point where it's like, man, like we like it. This doesn't matter if it doesn't feel good. Like it literally does not make sense to move forward if this isn't feeling right. So, I feel so lucky and excited that right now it, it's feeling good. And yeah, there's a, there's a couple like new dynamics, but it, it we're at a place now where it, it kind of feels like how it felt when it started and sure there will be highs and lows and I'm sure we'll have to kind of reinvent that and find that again because that's just the process of it but that was kind of a priority it's like okay like how do we get this to a place where it's like yeah this is feeling fun like just having fun you know so even though we haven't even really dove deep into the EP yet I'm we're all unsatisfied beings um so is there anything else on the horizon <laughs> in terms of Valley Heart stuff? Obviously, the EP will be great to hold people's tastes over for a while. But, you know, we're hungry. We're thirsty. We're, we're th- we, we want that blood. So yeah. uh, is there anything else Valley Heart has on the horizon? Yes. 
The answer is yes. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been... So, yeah, the EP was written and recorded very differently, right? It was this transitional period of, of you know, our drummer moving halfway across the country and me kind of being like, okay, like, what are we doing? We had recorded these songs and, like, producing and mixing ourselves. It was, yeah, it really felt like this transitional period thing um, that was 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 good but hard to kind of navigate now that we're settled in i mean we've just been writing um again and we're we're writing a lot of songs and they're 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 existing and they're uh (laughs) going to be recorded sometime soon and uh we're really excited about it i mean yeah like i mentioned it just feels exciting it just feels fun again and and feels like you know excited to share all that stuff but not getting ahead of ourselves and you know taking our time with the writing and the production process um but yeah also just still navigating what it means like to be abandoned 2021 and you know throwing around some ideas for different forms of you know um as much as i hate this word content you know of like how we can connect with people and and stay connected with people that like what we do. Um, so we have some ideas rolling around now for the rest of the year of, of how we can kind of stay connected and, and keep things interesting. So uh, one last uh, question before we get into track by track. You also have a solo project where you go by your name, uh, Kevin Klein. Are there any you have an ep out are there any future plans for that as well there are yes there's a lot going on um behind the scenes there too yeah i mean this past year i've had a lot of time (laughs) and (laughs) too much of it maybe but uh it has caused an influx of music to be written and record recorded so um yeah still still working on the the nuts and bolts of of that project and um, how that release will be rolled out, but there there will be a lot of solo music too, and it's been cool because you know, being in Valley Heart and doing solo stuff, people might be like, "Well, what's the difference, right?" Um, but for me, it's it's nice to have a space with my solo stuff where it's like, okay, like I'm I'm doing a lot more of the production and the engineering, and like not having to, you know, kind of outsource any of that, but just having a place to just do whatever. But then having a place in Valley Heart to be collaborative and, and to, yeah, like, again, just be in a band, you know, with your friends and, and not overthink or kind of, you know, kind of, like, manipulate or control everything, um, which I'm a control freak, so still struggling with that. <laughs> yeah. All right, sweet. Are you ready to go track by track through scenery? Yeah. Awesome. First up, we got the lead single, T-I-K. <laughs> Andrew, 
I, in the last five seconds, have tried to come up with something funny using the acronym TIK to make fun of you, but it's been really tough. So I'm just going to ask you, do you like the song? <laughs> yes, I do like the song. It's a great, really hard-hitting first track. Uh, the intro pulls you in right away with a focus on this really big full band sound. But as the intro leads into the verse and you start singing, fans will notice some elements they haven't quite heard from the band yet through the song. So some of those elements for me are the vocal reverb on the verses. Um, there's a clarinet or something similar. You'll have to tell me what exactly that is. That sound in that post-chorus instrumental and later in the track and then a guitar solo at the end of the track as well which i know uh surprised me first time i heard it so uh can you talk about each of those elements of this song and how you decided to work those into this track yeah um that's a a mellotron um Ah, yeah which is you know the instrument that sounds good on everything somehow <laughs> that and slide guitar somehow they just like salt and pepper baby you know um <laughs> yeah uh again wanted to come at a perspective of contrast so you know mellotrons are usually used in like sweeter sounding things and it was like well what would it be like to you know throw this on like kind of a heavier track and uh that was that was cool um and then the guitar solo yeah i don't know i i I wanted it to feel like, yeah, guitar solos are weird because sometimes, like, I, I feel like they're this cultural <laughs> thing that happens where they're, like, super cool, like, and then 10 years later, they're lame as heck, you know? And then they're cool again, and then they're lame, and it's like, you know, there's this interesting, uh, Metallica has that, like, St. Anger documentary. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but it's, like, this Metallica at their, like, breaking point of them. It's, like, really weird of... It's funny. It's them like losing their mind recording their like one of their albums in the 2000s or whatever. But their guitarist is talking about they're trying to produce a more modern record and uh, they're arguing with their guitar, their lead guitarist, Kirk Hammett. And they're like, you know, let's not do a solo. Like, we don't need to do a solo. You know, it's like, it's kind of old fashioned. It's like a mark of the time. And he's like, well, if we don't do a solo, that's also a mark of the time. Like he's, you know what I mean? It's like the lack of a solo <laughs> yeah. is also, so he's just like, let's just do whatever we want. Like who cares? And I don't know. It's just, it seemed like the right thing at that time. And it was just like, you know what? For Kirk Hammett, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> For Kirk. For Kirk. I, I do love the approach that you take to one of my, one of my go-tos for guitar solo is I would want people to be able to sing along with it so it's not like crazy flashy and, yeah. and being able to take the melody and revisit, although it's way in your face and like, I mean, it is a guitar solo, but I, I feel like the approach for it is very fitting for the band too, that it's shocking, but it's not like all of a sudden you're out here and you're Led Zeppelin uh, going at it. like Yeah, it no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no arpeggios or anything like that. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of, yeah, it just felt right. It felt like that, whatever, just doing it. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So Andrew brought up the vocals. I love the vocal approach for this song, especially in the second verse. I think you feel like you're like running around. If And I don't know how to explain that. You just feel like very free. Like you're just like doing whatever you want, which is an interesting comparison in terms of you talking about the guitar solo. But 
focused on um, the lyrics and theming of the song. T.I.K., you've noted that it stands for Thoughts I Keep. Um, but the song also deals with time. So I think it's an interesting nod, the acronym, in terms of like TikTok and Vine's Dead. But no, in terms <laughs> of um, just like the timing aspect. Yeah. But the song for me is kind of about wanting to get up leave everything behind all these problems all this like things you want to get moved past and realizing that all that pain and anguish is in your own mind and thoughts and will only follow you wherever you go like so like what's the point um and i wanted to focus on the clothing imagery um which is both very prevalent in the song and the music and also in the music video and the two main lines are I know I'd unpack all my problems with my clothes and I trade all my worth for sleep and some brand new shoes. Why did you choose clothing to convey these ideas? What about them in particular resonated so much with you? Yeah, I think, I think fashion or clothes, you know, how we present ourselves, how we see ourselves, you know, has a big impact on our minds and, I think trying to reinvent yourself, whether it's moving your style, there's this sense of like freedom or, or newness um, that you can, you know, I wanted to try to find a way to express that. That wasn't just like moving away or something, but more, um, yeah, like the things we put on, you know, the, 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 yeah, the, the ways we show our, our, our character or how we think our character is or perceive our, our style or our, you know, are who we think we are. You know what I mean? And I think clothes are a way of doing that. And, and I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that when you see like ads in, you know, the mall for clothing, like people are smiling and happy. And I mean, there's, there's all this psychology behind it and I'm sure people have heard it, but like, you know, what, what they're selling you isn't the, you know, it's not clothing. It's like, I want to be happy. So like here, here's clothing, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think there's an interesting relationship between clothing and identity, I think ultimately is what it is. And I was trying to tap into that, I think. Yeah. And with that, when you, when you say I trade all my worth for some sleep and some brand new shoes, I feel like what's weird is the difference between the clothesline and the shoes line is the clothesline. You're kind of like. Sorry, I didn't mean to make a pun with clothesline. But the clothesline is kind of like, I know, like, what would be the point? Like, of, like, just like, I'd be, I'd have all the, I'd be the same person. But the shoes line is like, I just want to be new. Like, like, what do you mean by that? Like, are you trying, and maybe you don't want to share, but are you, with the new shoes, are you saying like, I want some fickle thing to like make me feel better. Or are you saying like, what do the shoes like represent there for you? Um, I don't think there's a one answer thing going one on. One shoe fits all. One shoe. Hey, hey, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's all I should have said. <laughs> um, if the shoe fits. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's like, I mean, I had something in mind writing it, but also 
kind of, yeah, the idea of, I don't know, I just had this image of remembering buying new shoes in high school and how it made me feel like a new person. It made <laughs> me, like, it's this weird thing where, like, I remember this confidence that came upon me. Um and I don't really feel that anymore. Maybe, maybe I do. Maybe it's I'm just not really being as open about it. But yeah, um, you gotta get you some Crocs, man. Yeah, dude. I exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's just this like mysterious thing about like certain, you know, shoes, and and that's kind of what I was getting at there. I just want my confidence back. Um, it's a different way of saying it, but it could, it can mean I think a whole whole bunch of things, you know. Yeah. Awesome. Next up, we have the track, Scenery. on scenery yeah i really love the song it starts with this drum machine and this almost like ebo-ish sounding guitar drone and this early like 2000s sounding chord changes to me and and the tones um it kind of reminds me of like a soccer mommy type of track and uh the reason that i that i feel like it sounds like that is it just brings instant nostalgia like the first time you hear it you feel like you're taken back to a time or a moment um my favorite portions of this song are the chord structures and the vocal cadences throughout with this being the title track and at least for me the biggest change of pace from everyone i've ever loved to this is just very different than anything before it really starts to shape this ep as Kind of the same Valley Heart at the core, but a really different approach, uh, especially musically, um, for this EP. So can you talk about how this song was created, and did you intend and set out to write something so different than previous Valley Heart tracks? Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to do any of it. it yeah. <laughs> it, the, first of all, I didn't even think I was writing a Valley Heart song at the time. Um, I you know, there are those things where sometimes songs take three months, six months, a year to write. Sometimes they take 15 minutes and they take a day. This was the case of I wrote and recorded the song in one day and mixed it and mastered it at a different day. But the song itself was written and recorded at the same time. And it was this one specific day I was, uh, had rented out the studio in Somerville, Massachusetts, and was just there to be like, I'm going to just write today and, and record whatever happens. And on the way to the studio, this melody, like, that just came into my head, and I recorded it on my iPhone as I was driving in and kind of laid down all the stuff. And I think, it, yeah, like the, the drum issue, all that was kind of like me literally laying down a demo you know, structure for the whole thing. And it just worked, and it was just what made it to the master. And, um, yeah, it just felt like a snapshot in time. Um, it really did. And it was one of those things where I wanted to keep the production simple and and not – because, we, you know, again, I could have break taken that whole thing and added different layers and given it a whole different – maybe more quote-unquote Valley Heart feel. But I just thought it was what I was feeling at that moment and kind of what was going on and – 
Yeah, it was really just like a snapshot. And uh, yeah, recorded it in that studio. Um, recorded the guitar. Uh, we did the real drums that fade in a little bit. We did that on a different day, but everything else, the guitar, the bass, the vocals were all done that day in that little studio. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how that song was made. And what made you decide to make this the title track for the EP? Yeah, I, I think with the cover and the concepts of being in your own head a lot, which is what I'm singing about a lot on this EP, um, scenery kind of encapsulated the idea of being outside of your head, like everything around you while you're in that state and how it could either be something that is good most times it is getting outside seeing something new going on a walk on a different route driving a different way to work or whatever you know our our heads need that you know we need just to break that routine to not get stuck in a loop but how it could also be used as a you know kind of like sung about in TIK it could be used as something to distract from an actual problem and just using kind of a new setting around you to not deal with what you need to deal with in your home in your home you know so i kind of like the ambiguity behind it of like it can mean new scenery to clear your head in a good way or kind of a, in an evasive way and it, yeah kind of just that whole concept kind of for me wrapped up the whole idea of the ep so andrew touched on the nostalgia factor and i'm trying to i'm like unintentionally making all these connections but i think like one thing i want to touch on is like Trying to recreate those feelings in a new way is something like that's really tough. I'm assuming really tough to do while writing music, like capturing those old sounds and old feels, but presenting them in a way that isn't just copying it or ripping it off or reciprocating, but updating it and just adding your own spin. Um, how do you f- find? that balance was the writing process for this was really quick and i'm assuming extremely natural then but is it at all difficult finding that balance of like old and new with writing nostalgic music yeah yeah it's a good question i don't i guess the the key is to not it's one of those weird things where you kind of can't try too hard because i think once you're trying too hard it's gonna sound like you're trying too hard kind of thing you know um yeah but i mean is like meta as the sounds it's like leaning on the emotional aspect of that feeling to kind of create whatever comes out and that usually kind of works you know just if you're feeling that nostalgia or, or longing or something you know uh incorporating that with kind of ideas and things that are inspiring you today but having that kind of and i think it's melody right i think i think for me personally the things that feel the most nostalgic sure it could be like a drum thing or a guitar thing but most of the time it's like a melody that's like oh like wow why do i feel like i've heard that before there's this feeling of "Mm," you know like i i feel like familiar with this melody um so i think it's spending a lot of time on that and and finding that rather than trying to like make something like like that feels nostalgic or vintage but more just channeling in the actual melody of the song that like being the, what makes it feel nostalgic not the like elements so much you know yeah there uh 
two of the main lines um, are, there's always something in the way, I feel it now. There's always something in my head, I can't get out. And as I was just like, was sitting with this song, I realized that something, like you not naming it, I find to be like very interesting. And my question was, Putting it as something, was it simply not wanting to use a lot of lines and just, like, taking whatever you felt and just calling it something for the sake of, like, brevity's sake? Or do you feel like you wanted to create this ambiguity or maybe choose that, not choose, but label that obstacle as something multifaceted or kind of ambiguous? Like what? What? Why do you feel like you were led to use that phrasing or that word? I think a little bit of both. You know, I think being explicit would create a certain thing, and that's fine, and that's done. But I like the idea of anyone hearing that and relating it to their story. But also, um, but also, yeah, letting because I think some that something i you don't know what it is a lot of times you know and that's the hardest part sometimes when you you're just like there's something but i don't i can't pinpoint the the source of this sadness or or disconnection or trauma or whatever and at that time i i don't think i could so um it wasn't like this secret thing but it was more just um yeah like being like there's there's something there and i'm trying to figure it out you know Uh, Next up, we have Stepping Stone. and stepping stone what a great track uh there's really so many amazing parts of this track for me uh from the guitar tones to the vocals everything fits so perfectly together um this song has my favorite bridge on the ep i love the chord structure of it and just the overall sound it's super catchy and just amazing so can you talk about how you came up with this bridge and the chord structure for this track yeah, um, the bridge, oddly enough, was something I had written. It was one of those like, here's we had written stepping stone, the verses in the kind of chorus refrain thing, and there was no bridge. There was just you know, kind of just I forget what was there, but it wasn't anything like substantial um, or anything you could really latch onto. And I had yeah, I kind of had that bridge melody and chord structure. Um, in my archives of just melodies on my computer that I had written, I think, in, like, 2016 or something, like, like a very long time ago. And it just worked um, lyrically and musically. It just kind of, like, really fit. And I was like, whoa, like, this 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 works really well. Um, so, yeah, it was one of those things where I yeah, pulled from an old idea and kind of merged it and changed the key of it and, like, made it work in that context. Um, and as for the, the chord structure, it was, uh, 
yeah, just playing around with different stuff. And, and that's kind of something I wanted to do on the EP in general, even in scenery, like having some non-diatonic chords, you know, things that kind of break the major minor setup of chords. And that's something that Valley Heart's never really done. Um, and I wanted to start incorporating a little bit of that. And yeah, I don't know. And just doing it so uh yeah that was the bridge and for the rest of the song yeah it was just kind of simple and and really wanted to focus on kind of the drive and lyrics and making it catchy and straightforward without too much on top of it to like over complicate it so when i first heard the ep uh and we were talking about like oh what will the first single be potentially i was like hey I think you should do this one. And my reason why was because I feel like it's the song that sounds most like it could be on Everyone I've Ever Loved. Not that it, like, fits, because it doesn't, but a lot of the style, I feel like, it's not a big leap for, like, Mm -hmm. someone who loves that record to, like, get on this. It's, like, not a huge transition. Um, But... I also realized as I thought about it more, especially once you were like, oh, I'm leaning T.I.K., I kind of realized, well, the part of the first single is to, like, you kind of want people to be like, wow, this is different. Like, because mm-hmm. that's kind of what the EP is pushing for. Yeah. So I really liked you not listening to, to me because I, <laughs> I think you made the wise decision. But um, as we were prepping, I noticed um, the line in the first verse as you look out disappointed on the windowsill. And I was wondering, did that intentionally play at all into the album cover? Or was that just, like, kind of coincidental? Coincidental, yeah. I actually was, yeah, I, like, listened to Stepping Stone recently, just, like, when it was coming out, and... I was like, oh, wow, I, that was not intentional <laughs> at all. It just kind of happened. Yeah, which is cool because that's something I'm learning that, like, I mean, Nate, we kind of talked about this in the past where I think it's important to have, like, themes and motifs and all that stuff, right? I think it's – I love that stuff and I love – and that's important. But what's cool is if you let your mind go and you kind of just let it happen sometimes, you'll find that it will happen naturally. Like, things w- – like, you will be writing about a season and themes and images that are in your mind will – it'll it'll happen, you know? And uh, that's kind of how that happened there. It was not intentional. Just like, oh, wow, windowsills. And then lastly – I am curious about the title. It's interesting. It's something that's, for me, kind of like a quick line. Um, It's the first line, ain't nothing but a stepping stone. What, for you, gravitated towards those words as the title? I feel like looking at this song, there's so many good picks for song titles um, I'm sad it's not secret sauce. I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> what 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 drew you to Stepping Stone? Um, it's a good question. I wish there was this elaborate answer <laughs> of like, well, this epiphany. If <laughs> the syllables equal. Stephen. <laughs> no, I I I think it was, I, you know, this song kind of dives into. Oh, life's going to get better. Things are, you know, this is just transition, transition. And there's a thing I'm learning and that sometimes, you know, you kind of just life feels like, oh, I'm getting all my ducks in order in a row. Like I'm, I'm getting I'm figuring all my stuff out like life's going to happen one day. And and 
it's like life's happening and <laughs> and you know you can spend your whole life feeling like oh like one day life's going to happen like one day this is oh it's going to work right like this is just kind of a stepping this is kind of a transitional period um and i i'm guilty of that where it's like dude life's happening now and if you're not taking the moment to really recognize that and in your cup of coffee or in your day you're gonna i think constantly feel like you're you're wandering um so stepping stone just felt like the appropriate title i think for kind of the overall theme awesome next up we have the closing track the point thoughts on the point the intro is just super cool the synth and guitar work uh together are super smooth um i just feel like the song especially the intro there's there's a lot of movement there but it all works together really really well um i also feel like the dynamics of this song are really amazing for especially for where the song is it's the ending track on the ep the song builds volume kind of slowly uh for the first half of the track and then comes down to that detune kind of sound before entering back into that big instrumental and final section where it ends big and comes down uh, again, but now to kind of this detuned acoustic uh, to end the EP. Uh, It's a great closing track for sure. So can you talk about creating some of those elements in the track musically? So namely all the different detuned moments, the synths and guitar uh, solo section Mm. uh, towards the end of the track? Yeah, I think what we mentioned earlier about having the freedom and the time to get creative with production stuff. Um, This song was the one I spent the most time on, you know, Um, messing around and and working on a sound till it kind of felt cool and and and. And not just like recording, you know, a, a part, but just yeah, having the creative pr- production side of things be different. And I wanted to really take my time on that one. So, uh, and uh, yeah, incorporating those sounds um, was something that was new for us too, in in such a like such a dynamic way and such a kind of a forward way. Um, so yeah, it was just it was fun. So, I feel like I'm always terrible with instruments and i talked with you about this kevin a little bit but this song heavily uses the bass right yeah and i feel like this is like the probably the only valley art song or only song i've ever heard you do that is like really really bass driven Mm -hmm. what what led you to choose that as like that lead and like center of the song men i trust (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the answer to everything. Yeah. Um, no, in all seriousness, men I trust. <laughs> um, yeah, I was listening to a lot of, of that band. Yeah, men I trust is a, is a band that I really love. And, um, yeah, I wanted, yeah, the bass. Like, what's up? Like, you know, I love bass. Like, I love playing bass. And I, I think I learned bass simultaneously. I was, I learned bass in youth group. My, my youth pastor, Clark was this amazing bassist, and I remember picking up a bass to play on, like, the worship team or something. I remember being like, oh, bass is just guitar with bigger strings, yay, and him being like, no, like, <laughs> the bass, you know? And I think, I don't know, the ba- bass is cool. It's It can be so funky. It can be so dynamic. Um, and, yeah, there are certain times where it's just, it needs to just be doing a certain simple thing. But for this song, it was like, well, let's let's have some fun, you know? And, uh and that's all that was. And that was just experimenting with what that would look like in a Valley Heart track, but still keeping it Valley Heart and not having it be like a funk song, you know, but trying again, the theme of trying to incorporate rather than just reinvent completely. Um, so that's kind of what that blend was. Yeah, it's cool because this song literally sounds nothing like Men I Trust. Yeah. But <laughs> you still are using that strategy in your own way, which is really cool. So the lyrics, I think for me, this is like the most obvious example of this EP taking a step forward from the last record lyrically. And I don't mean forward as in like better. I just mean you're moving in a little bit of a different direction. Um, And mainly just like you ending it saying letting go of the point. Um, And all these fears, all these doubts, all these, um, I would, all this anxiety in a certain sense, you're kind of letting it go. How, what kind of led you to have this different mentality personally? Like, what led you to kind of be in a different place um, with this EP overall, especially in this song, compared to the last record? A lot of therapy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but yes, yes and no. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's trying to just ask those questions that were, you know, those heady questions, those existential questions. They're all they're all good, and I still spend a lot of my time thinking and and talking about those things. Um, but I think there's a big difference between thinking and talking, right? Where I think it's important to be talking always about these things. But the problem is when you internalize those things so much, sometimes they they don't even there's no there's no useful kind of, uh, you know, nothing is useful about that. It's just causing you pain and wanting to explore, like, what does it look like to try to think about it in a different way and, and, and channel that energy differently rather than just being in my head and, and just feeling that dread. And it is not something I've mastered, but it is the point was kind of about what does it look like to go for a walk? You know, like there's a part of the song where I say to go, you know, um, go about going for a walk instead of just sitting in my room and thinking about stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was kind of a, a, the song about, I don't, know the answers and I never will you know and and there's just there's still a huge part of myself that's learning that that it's in the mystery it's in it's in those grays that you find peace and 
there's just a lot of things that are about asking, you know? Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing about that track and every track. But to close, we're going to go over our favorite track. Now, Kevin, if you don't have a favorite track, that's okay. Just lie and make something up. Okay. Um, no, but uh, on a serious note, um, Andrew and I will share our favorite track. And if you'd like to pick one, um, I'm like really hoping it's three different tracks, but it could be all the same track. We'll see. All right. Andrew, you, you hit, hit us up. Yeah. I usually on albums that I really like, I go, oh, I mean, there's so many to choose from. But there literally aren't that many to choose from for this. But I could pick any of the four. I do think um, I actually was listening to this uh, EP a lot while I was doing uh, a lot of work around our new house and um, and kind of had it on repeat. And I felt like uh, I've gone through transitions of every track uh, being my favorite. So. I, I don't think I went in correct order, but my current favorite is The Point. I, I think it's just a great, great closing track. There's so much there musically. I think it's the one that um, that benefited the most from me not listening on my phone to it, that once I actually got with my sound system and played it um, at, at a good listening volume, I was able to benefit from hearing a lot more of the details and things in it and... Um, yeah, I just think it's a really, really solid track. So I'm going to go with the point. How about you, Nate? What's your favorite track? Real quick. It's, and Andrew talked about going through the cycle of different tracks. It's funny. I remember asking Andrew when we first listened a while back, like, what's your favorite? And he said the point. So it's something that's like cycled. I don't even remember what I said. That's so funny. It's cycled all the way back, but there you go. For me, same thing in terms of cycling. I'm going to go with scenery, Um, Mm -hmm. mainly just how damn catchy it is, um, how nostalgic it is. Um, And it's it's a song. I find that my favorite songs are often the ones that are the simplest, like um, it's really tough to write a really concise and simple song and have it be like awe-inspiring and beautiful and captivating because you're not relying on um, all any fluff or any like filling. You're really just it is what it is. And I think this song stands so strong on its own um, despite it being so simple. And yeah. I just it's the one I end up singing the most though T.I.K. I sing a lot as well but yeah I'm gonna go with scenery Kevin what about you I'm gonna go scenery as well Ooh. yeah yeah it was a fun one it was a good one writing and uh yeah I think it works uh stands alone very well so um yeah I, re- I realized scenery you wrote it so quick there's always something in your head you can get out. Hey, there he is. He's here all night. <laughs> Leave your tips in the, the communion hey. plate. <laughs> I don't think you understand how communion works. <laughs> or tips. <laughs> or tips. <I'm>, uh, <laughs> steak tips. Hey. <laughs> all right. Well, (laughs) 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 all right. (laughs) Well, Kevin, it's such a pleasure. Thanks. I mean, we're lucky to have you the first time, but the fact that you've been graceful enough to come on again and put up with us has been 
so nice. So thank you. Thank you guys. Always everything. a great time. And uh, people, buy the damn vinyl. Buy buy the shirts. Love them. They're Valley Heart, and they're the best. Oh, so kind. It was it was so nice to reconnect with you guys after so many years on this official podcast. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're buds yeah. outside of this. So, um, but it's really cool to, yeah. I was your first, I was your Guinea pig. Yeah. You're our first. I was, yeah. Yeah. You know what they say about the first. It's, it's always, it's not the like the last. Oh, it's always the worst. Okay. Uh, first is the worst. Second is the best. That's right. Yeah. But this is your second one, so it was it's the best. Yeah, next one will be the one with the treasure chest or the hairy chest, oh. right? Or the polka dot address, <laughs> right? Up for debate. Or I'm all game three. For any of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make them all. all three. Sounds like a good time, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see y'all. Thank you guys. All right, and that was our episode with Kevin from Valley Heart talking about the Scenery EP. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to follow the pod. You can subscribe and like and all that fun stuff to help support us. Make sure that you're also supporting Valley Heart. Go order the Scenery EP vinyl, any merch that they got. Support those guys. So thank you so much for listening, and have a great day. Squash. My favorite Nickelodeon show was Drake and Josh.